Today is Sunday, November 14th, 2021. You are listening to the seventh episode of the Conspiracy to Commit Poetry podcast. I'm Joe Triton Schmidt. Thank you for joining, uh, joining the internet for this. Uh, I am in Gaziantep, Turkey. Uh, it is mid afternoon. It's uh, beginning to be autumny around here. You know, um, everyone's autumn is uh, relative to their region, I suppose. Uh, I grew up in the eastern United States, and uh, particularly, you know, when I was a kid in New York, by the middle of November, when I was growing up in the 1980s, it was cold by, you know, November 14th. Kentucky uh, was maybe a little bit more variable, but yeah, it's it's cold in, in Kentucky by November 14th. Not so much here in Gaziantep, but it's, it's definitely not summer, uh, you know, and you need a jacket at night here. Uh, and the leaves are changing, such as there are leaves here, you know, in the dry land. I decided uh, to read a poem today from Joe Bolton. Um, Joe Bolton uh, is a Kentucky writer who died uh, by his own hand in 1990. Uh, There's kind of a really depressing story about him doing that. He had won a... a National Endowment for the Arts Fellowship, I believe, uh, at that time. And uh, he was uh, alcoholic and depressive and mailed off his NEA manuscript, Days of Summer Past, I think it was. And uh, he took his own life, I believe, by gunshot wound. So, uh, you know, and he was only 29 years old. He had a whole life to live, you know. So, uh, I came to know about Joe Bolton uh, while a student at Western Kentucky University. Um, he, you know, he's, he's, Joe Bolton is a uh, cult classic in Kentucky. He's a legend at uh, Western Kentucky University's English department. There's, he's probably the second most famous writer ever to come out of that department. Um, John Carpenter, the uh, screenwriter, uh, the genius behind the Halloween movies is probably the most famous, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, Joe Bolton uh, is certainly the most famous poet to come out of the Western Kentucky University English Department as a student. Um, there's been some great uh, teachers there uh, who uh, no doubt were Joe Bolton's teachers. Um, Jim Wayne Miller, Mary Ellen Miller, Frank Steele, among others. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, Joe ever studied with Jim Wayne Miller. Jim Wayne Miller was a great poet, uh, but he taught German uh, at Western. His wife, uh, Mary Ellen Miller, who who a couple years ago joined him in, in the afterlife, was my teacher. Uh, I believe was Joe's teacher also. Uh, she taught there for 60 years or something. And uh, Frank Steele was his teacher, and as was mine. Frank Steele had an enormous influence on me at that time in my life. I was a young man, uh, positively, I'd say. Um, and I think in 1992, when I was a student there, Joe had you know only died a couple years before, and I I think uh, that was still very much on the minds of a few people there. And and uh, you know I know Frank Steele was deeply disappointed by his by his uh, suicide. 
and not terribly sympathetic about it either. Um, you know, alcoholism is a, is a, a complicated thing, right? So I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much, but you know, you can't tell the story of Joe Bolton without you know, talking about his demise. And, and he was a guy very, well, he's a Gen Xer. He's, he was, he was a member of my generation an older member of my generation, maybe, you know, 10 years older than me. Uh, he was a student at Western in the eighties. Uh, he died in 1990. He had been teaching in different writing programs uh, around America, struggling like so many of us with English degrees have. And, uh, you know, but he definitely spoke, I think, for a certain um, mood and mindset and uh, experience that, uh, you know, some men of my generation have have uh, felt. So uh, the poem I'm going to read for you here is uh, from his collection, uh, Days of Summer Gone. I may have said Days of Summer Pass. It's Days of Summer Gone. And I believe this is from his uh, manuscript uh, that he won the NEA Fellowship for. And if I'm uh, incorrect about any of this stuff, please, um, please correct me. The poem's called Autumn Fugue. Um, all right, before I read it, I'm, I want to I want to try to get out all my Joe Bolton stories and information. Uh, the la when last I lived in Bowling Green, Kentucky, I lived there as a student from 1992 to 1996, and then I lived there again in uh, in recent years in 2017, 18, 19. Uh, I worked for the city there in in a number of capacities. Uh, <clears throat> in my last stint. Uh, and you know, whenever I'm in Bowling Green, I, I, I'm out, uh, searching for the ghosts of, uh, the ghosts of, uh, the past, my past and Joe Bolton's past, I guess. Um, I've been to, uh, Katie's Kentucky where, where Joe is from originally and he died. That's also uh, Robert Penn Warren country out there in far Western Kentucky, um, there's a Robert Penn Warren room at Western Kentucky University's English department. Uh, so I ran into the guy uh, who was a classmate of Joe Bolton's at a concert last I lived in Bowling Green. This is right before the pandemic hit. This is maybe January of uh, 2020. And um, I went to a show at the A-Frame, uh, which is a place some of you may know if you're familiar with Bowling Green, little Bowling Green, Kentucky, one hour north of Nashville, Tennessee. Across the state line in the bluegrass state in southern Kentucky. Um, at the A-frame, uh, Tommy Womack was playing with a number of other acts. Tommy Womack uh, maybe in some ways single-handedly started the, the the music scene in Bowling Green, at least the at least the rock and roll scene. Uh, he his band Government Cheese had an MTV video and that, you know, kind of put Bowling Green a little bit on the map for 10 seconds. And, and you know, a lot of other bands came up behind Government Cheese. And, uh, you know, Tommy Womack went on to a career as a songwriter and musician in various capacities uh, in Nashville. I think I believe he still lives in Nashville. But he, he comes back to Bowling Green often and plays shows there, either as a solo act. I know Government Cheese has had uh, reunions and whatnot. So uh, I'm sipping my coffee, pardon me. Um, 
so Tommy Womack uh, played a show in, uh, at the A-Frame, and uh, I think he was a little bit tipsy or whatever, but I saw him after the show, and I, I went up to him, I talked to him, and I'd met him before years earlier in my youth, and you know, he, I didn't expect him to remember me. But we talked about uh, the Western Kentucky University English Department, of which he was a part of. And Tommy Womack might be the other second most famous writer to come out of Western Kentucky University English Department. He's, uh, but he's a songwriter. Uh, you know, I don't think he went the literary road. I think he went the sort of the the, uh, the songwriter road. So, uh, so we talked about our favorite teachers and Frank Steele and whatnot, and uh, and of course we talked about Joe Bolton, and he had uh, wonderful things to say about Joe. And uh, also talked about how sad it was how he died and how what a sensitive guy he was. And he was always sort of brokenhearted about uh, girls in his life or whatever. And girls really liked him, that he was a handsome guy. And uh, so I wanted to tell that story. And if Tommy Womack's out there listening, I really appreciate that conversation he had with me back in early 2020. And, and if you're not familiar with Tommy Womack or his... 1990s band uh, Government Cheese. You should check them out. Um, you know, YouTube makes everything available to everyone everywhere these days. You know who I, I actually went to that show to see uh, Johnny Thompson. Uh, I, maybe a, you might call him a young protege of Tommy Womack. In other words, he was part of the younger generation. Tommy Womack wrote a book about uh, his Government Cheese experience and late in the career of that band. There was a generation of bands coming up. And then when I came to Western in, in uh, 1992, you know, Johnny Thompson was sort of like this local musical legend. And uh, I love his music, uh, his band Park Avenue Dregs uh, and uh, Envy Estate and uh, along with a number of other things. Yeah, you just check out Park Avenue Dregs or Johnny Thompson on YouTube. And uh, that's a wonderful musical rabbit hole to go down. Tommy Womack and uh, all this other great stuff to come out of Bowling Green. I know people know Cage the Elephant and, and the uh, young generation here, and I don't mean to disrespect them by not mentioning them, but those of us who are uh, of the Gen X generation or whatever, uh, we, we remember Johnny Thompson and, of course, uh, Tommy Womack and, of course, Joe Bolton. So here's Joe Bolton's poem, Autumn Fugue. I remember how the silver leaves fell down extravagantly, as if in prefigured spirals. From the fig tree you couldn't keep alive, and how you'd sat watching for a while that lovely dying, then turned your face to me, your face seemed the same silver of the leaves. I had to do partially, I suppose, with the light. How the brief and intense dusk along 14th Street gathered in the canopy of chestnuts choked with vine, filtering in through the three windows of your white room to make a luminous lake in which we swam. Looking all that autumn for a holier way of talking about things, you found yourself hardly able, at last, to speak at all. And so, for long moments, no word would pass between us when we had only to listen to the quarterly hour noise from a nearby church. There was something greater to the sadness than simply the going away of your lover or even our own past failure at love. What sadness there was carried with it, the weight of something intensely formal 
and which would not be overcome by anything so commonplace as a gesture shared between the two of us. And so, as the light faltered and the leaf fell down, I'd light a cigarette and sip my drink, and you'd arrange your body at the window like some unfinished portrait of yourself. If there is nothing between a man and a woman except the light by which they see each other, and a past in which they appear continually smaller, and a future that seems already to have acquired the irrevocability of the past, it seems important, nevertheless, to acknowledge their brief victory, the surviving it. That was Autumn Fugue by Joe Bolton, uh, collected in uh, an anthology called The Last Nostalgia of Poems, 1982-1990, edited by Donald Justice, published by Arkansas Press, uh, University of Arkansas Press, Fayetteville, Arkansas. I believe this book is still in publication. You should buy a copy and keep Joe Bolton uh, in print, especially if you're from Kentucky. Um, anyway, uh, Autumn Fugue. Yeah, Joe's got a lot of these poems about uh, a kind of miscommunication, uh, a miscommunication or an estrangement between men and women. Uh, I get really stuck on lines like, it had to do partially, I suppose, with the light, how the brief and intense dusk along 14th Street gathered and the canopy of chestnuts choked with vines. Um, I know exactly where he's talking about on 14th Street and and that whole 14th Street and Bowling Green is across from the, I believe, the Newman Center. Uh, uh, there's a Catholic church center there now that's been there, I think, probably probably when Joe was a student there, actually. I think it's the 1980s building. Uh, maybe older than Newman Center, but across the street there used to be all these houses that were sort of, uh, you know, university cheap university housing for students and you know students in these little apartments. I've met I've I've met uh, I met my very good friend uh, Hawsey Dean uh, at the greenhouse. The greenhouse was a house where you could you know the the photojournalists photo, photojournalism department students lived there and. Young Democrats uh, used to throw a party there, and uh, that's when I met in the fall of 1992 my friend Hazi Dean. And that's been a 30-some-odd-year friendship. I think about that house and all the other little houses on 14th Street. Uh, I went to a party there in 1996 right after I dropped out of college, and the back porch of that greenhouse, uh, which was on stilts, fell off. You know, those houses were decrepit, and and probably for good reason, uh, the city of Bowling Green has condemned them. Uh, and Western Kentucky University bought up the land, and they have uh, built uh, other buildings there. Uh, you know, and now it's not cheap housing anymore. I think there's a fraternity house there and other things. But uh, some of that world that I remember in 1992 was a leftover of the world Joe Bolton had lived in in the 19. 19- early 1980s and uh you know whenever i read joe bolton i can go back to that um i don't want to explicate the poem too much you know uh you know looking at all the the all of that autumn for a holier way of talking about things you found yourself hardly able at last to speak at all and so for long moments no word would pass between us when we had only to listen to the quarter hourly noise from a nearby church. 
all this sort of sitting in silence, and it's and it's ambiguous why they're silent. Do they have nothing to talk about? Are they angry at each other? Uh, you know, there's like something between these two people, and I don't know if it's just are they bored of one another? Are they angry at one another? You know, there's this there's this distance between them. Joe Bolton published a poem called "The Distance," in uh, Frank and Peggy Steele's and Elizabeth Oaks' uh, long time and well respected. Uh, Poetry journal Plain Song, published out of Bowling Green, which ceased operations um, at the end of the 20th century. But uh, Joe Bolton published a poem, and they're called "The Distance." Uh, that distance reappears over and over again. This this sense of alienation between lovers, between people who live in the same town, between oneself and the world. Very Gen X, very Kurt Cobain. Decades before Kurt Cobain. I mean, he's actually probably about the same age as Kurt Cobain, actually. Uh, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, and I don't want to add to the the romance of uh, alcoholic depression and suicide, but uh, it is one of those things. And, you know, Joe Bolton really believed in this sort of dark romanticism and, and uh, trying to paint and describe that mood. And I know that mood very well, uh, and and I think it returns to everybody in the fall. Just he really he really saturates himself in that in that depression, you know that. Uh, yeah, there was something he writes uh, in the fourth stanza. There was something greater to the sadness than simply the going away of your lover, or even our own past failure at love. What sadness there was carried with it the weight of something intensely formal and which would not be overcome by anything so commonplace as a jester shared between the two of us. And so, as the light faltered and the leaves fell down, I'd light a cigarette and sip my drink and you'd arrange your body at the window like some unfinished portrait of yourself if there is nothing between a man and a woman except the light by which they see each other and a past in which they appear continually smaller, and a future that seems already to have acquired the irrevocability of the past. I mean, that, those lines really get me. I almost have a sense that these these are uh, another theme in Joe Bolton's poems, if you read them, is this, uh, I don't know, maybe a generational penchant for uh, style over substance, uh, shallow, shallow relations, you know, alienation, but also a kind of a shallowness. Uh, maybe this is, uh, for lack of a better phrase, uh, we would say fuck buddies. Uh, I'm sorry to use that language uh, for some of you listening, but, uh, you know, people who just get together and screw around and, and there's nothing more to the relationship and they don't really know how to get out of it besides that, you know. Um I don't, you know, I don't think about people that hang around the bar scene and, you know, people that are alcoholics don't really, uh, you know, people in the, in the grips of, you know, addictions aren't very emotionally capable of carrying on uh, relationships. And when they're young, they're still interested in, uh, uh, you know, having sex partners and whatnot. And, and it's not in any kind of... Uh, marital context or even monogamous context or even committed context. It's just, you know, that could be something in the poem, but all that's left sort of ambiguous. 
and uh, you could pour yourself into that into that mood. You know, the autumn is coming, and these two people, you know, sit together in silence. So uh, I'll leave that to you. I don't have a second poem today, and I might make this a very short episode uh, simply because I'm so busy these days. Uh, I'm working an awful lot, uh, but I didn't want to go more than three weeks without posting another podcast. I'm, I'm totally committed to uh, keep putting these things out. And uh, I thought of Joe Bolton for no reason other than uh, it being fall. Uh, and also because uh, I said no other reason, but th- th- there are two reasons. One, it is fall. And I think about Joe Bolton in the fall. And two, um, uh, I, there's the Joe Bolton contest that I received an email about. And they're like, you're still under consideration. And uh, I would love to win a poetry contest. Uh, although I, I think I mentioned this in the last uh, episode. So I, I hate to uh, trouble you all with my uh, anxieties. Uh, but, uh, you know, I thought maybe, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll read a Joe Bolton poem on here and get some Joe Bolton uh, mojo out in the universe uh, while I'm waiting on the results of the Joe Bolton prize contest. Uh if you're, uh, when I think about the Joe Bolton soundtrack in my mind, I think of uh, bands like The Replacements. Uh, if you know the song, Here Comes a Regular. Uh, they're not from Bowling Green. Uh, you know, The Replacements were a pretty big act in, in the 80s. I have a friend that uh, saw them back in the early 80s. Um, they're from Minneapolis, uh, Paul Westerberg's legendary sub sub pop rock band uh the replacements yeah that's a good joe bolton type of uh mood listening to the replacements a little rock and roll a little midwest midwest vibe uh kentucky southern kentucky is not really the midwest it's the the the, the midwest kind of ends at that point you're in the south but a lot of things that apply to the cornfields of southern Illinois applied to the uh, cornfields of uh, Western Kentucky. And uh, if you ever find yourself uh, driving through Western Kentucky in the autumn and you're looking out over uh, land between the lakes or, uh, you know, endless trees or cornfields, fallow cornfields, or you drive through Katy, certainly. Give a thought to uh, Joe Bolton and uh, don't forget to write poems.